Herzlich willkommen to the Syncopated Sisters. This podcast will celebrate and highlight the women who were active in the creation and development of blues and jazz. You will hear about female musicians, composers, bandleaders and more. There will also be interviews with female artists from the jazz and swing scenes of today. I'm Nina Thaler from Berlin, host and creator of the series. Enjoy listening. The artist that we will talk about today is Georgia White. Georgia White was an Afro-American singer and pianist. She was mainly active in the 1930s and 40s. She is definitely one of those underrated, forgotten and little noticed artists. I love Georgia White's music, her voice, her arrangements, the messages she transports and her groove and tone. But it is kind of hard to find out anything about her. In all the books of jazz and blues that I have in my private library, which is of course not super big, but I can tell you I do have some books and almost half of them concentrate on women in blues and jazz music. I cannot even find her name in any of the indexes. Little as we know, it says that she was born on March 9 in 1903 in Senderville, Georgia, and that she moved to Chicago in the 1920s and worked as a singer in nightclubs there before she started to do records. She did her first recording in May 1930 for Vocalion label with Jimmy Nooney's Apex Club Orchestra with the one song, When You're Smiling. She returned to the studio just in 1935, but from then on did regularly recordings for the Decca label. She had an alias name, Georgia Lawson, and recorded a couple of songs under that name. Why? We don't really know. From 1935 on, she recorded over 100 songs for Decca Records, mainly with Richard Jones, a piano player who accompanied her regularly. Later on, she also played a lot with guitarist Looney Johnson. It says that she formed an all-female band in the 1940s. Unfortunately, they have never recorded, and that may be the reason why I can't even find the name of that band anywhere. White also worked with Big Bill Brunsey's Laughing Trio as a pianist, or she played with Bumblebee Slim. Georgia White's music is labeled as acoustic Chicago blues, classic female blues, pre-war country blues, regional blues, or piano blues. In an online article, Joylyn Laney labeled her as a barrel house blues vocalist. So here you can already find associations with barrel houses, juke joints or bars, alcohol and sexuality. And so Laney continues to say that Georgia White recorded mildly risky songs. Risky meaning talking openly about sexuality and own sexual desires. So you could continue to say that here we talk about an independent woman, somebody that is asking for respect or change, and maybe communicating 
from woman to woman. Her last known public performance was supposed to be in 1959. After that, she mainly retired from the music business. In an online article of the Library of the University of Santa Barbara, it says that she continued to perform in a bar called Blue Pub on Irving Park Road on the weekends, where she won a lot of loyal fans. She died in 1980. Songs that she might best be known for are I'll Keep On Sitting On It or Take Me For A Boogie Ride or Mama Knows What Papa Wants When Papa's Feeling Blue and the song Hot Nuts. And that song and the fact that not only I but also other women in Berlin love Georgia White are the reason that a new band was formed not too long ago in Berlin, the Hot Nuts. And that is the reason why I have two wonderful people with me here today, Andrea Ramirez Ruiz and Giedre Diziella. I am very happy to have met Giedre and Andrea. Giedre is a musician, dance instructor, dancer, an organizer of events, and she is good in doing research and history, and she also appears in films. She is from Lithuania. Andrea is a musician, dancer, camera operator, filmmaker from Spain. We have met to make music together, I think about a year ago or so. And I love the space that we create to grow individually and together. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Also, without them, I would not have picked up that little Benjulele of mine, which I call Benjita. So, now... We will talk about the Hot Nuts and Georgia White. Hello, everyone. First of all, thanks, Nina, for having us. I would like to introduce the band. So we are Banjo Lele, it's Nina, Andrea playing guitar, and I play uh, upright bass, and we play music from 1910s to the 30s. We play harmonies, very inspired by Cats and the Fiddle, And we also love the blues, and we sing a lot of female composer songs, or as many as we can find, um, and the ones, of course, that fit our our current life and um, our views. Because, of course, there are many songs that are, um, at this point, politically uh, and socially maybe incorrect, but we try to dig deeper into the lyrics. And today we have an opportunity to actually sing and talk a little bit about um, Georgia White songs. So thank you very much, Nina, that um, you created this opportunity for us to analyze a little bit the music. And because we don't know so much about the singer herself, um, maybe we're going to talk a little bit about the context, how we see this music and how it um, rings um, or sounds to us in our contemporary world. And also a couple of words about what, um, what phrases are there in the lyrics that are kind of difficult to understand if you are not living in the 20s and, and also if you're not um, necessarily speaking native English. And now we are going to begin by listening to Andrea's choice and she's going to sing for us when you're away. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. 
So, Andrea, you chose to sing um, When You're Away. Can you tell us why did you pick the song or why you liked the song? I actually remember very vividly the first time I heard the song. It was live, it was the time record department was, was playing it at Spices. And I just, like, I remember the words so vividly. So this song, one of the, what it, what draws, what draw me to this song at first, it's just the very simple direct lyrics. Mm. And of course, the melody is is so nice as well. And there's so much thing, so much more that I like about this song. But it's because it's so simple, so direct, and words that everybody can understand, even as a non-native English speaker. It it just connects directly with the public. At least it did that for me. Mm. And it, it just went directly to my heart the first time I heard it. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> yeah. So that that was the first the what what initially drew me to the song and it took a long time until I decided to to learn it and to to sing it because because I have so much respect for Georgia White's um delivery of the song and but one once I started learning it I started realizing that although it is it sounds like a simple song and it is in some ways it's not it does not go to common places with a melody so it's um it just it it does although it does not do super intricate stuff. It really the 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 notes of the melody go to places that are not necessarily easy to sing, but turns a song into such a beautiful, special thing. So that's um, that's why I like the song. And the third thing that I really find so special, which is from, I guess any Georgia White songs is the phrasing mm. like how she how she phrases her singing I think it's amazing in this song I I really try to study how she does the phrasing it just um I'm just singing it how I how I can but I find it so interesting to study into detail um how she does it because it's it just again at the end of the day it sounds like it's super simple, but it's super special at the same time. Mm. Thank you, Andrea, for sharing this. And now, we will move on to our next song, which is "Daddy, Let Me Lay It On You." This one, uh, Giedra is gonna sing, and so maybe Giedra, you can tell us why you picked the song, or maybe talk about the lyrics a little bit because there are a lot of lyrics in the song. Yes. And um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, yes, absolutely. So, first of all, um, Georgia White was introduced to me by our good friend Jack B. Latimer because um, uh, he sings a song, it, may, it Might Be Love, if I remember correctly. And it has been recorded in the same session as the Daddy Let Me Lay It On You in on May 11th, 1936. I have a magic book at home. I checked it before we met today. 
Um, but interestingly, the song was not written by Georgia White. It was written by Walter Coleman. Um, and um, I think this one of these songs that was very popular in the neighborhood, neighborhood in Chicago area. And um, Georgia White decided to record it and make her own version of the song. So she, of course, changed the lyrics a little bit. And um, yeah, and the song sounds a little bit modern to me in that context. In the 1936, um, I say I would say I'm of course speculating here, but I hear the the hint of the proto uh, rhythm and blues R&B, mm. and um, I guess we did our best to um, reflect that a little bit in our recording that we're going to listen to. And um, yes, yeah, so one of the interesting things about the lyrics of the song was that it was kind of difficult to. Um, and decipher some of the words and then uh, it took me a while I thought about it a lot of hours and I was listening and listening and uh, using my intuition I speak many languages so I have trained myself by now to like use intuition to uh, to write down the lyrics of songs but this one particular song was difficult and then I realized that one thing I haven't checked and I then took these two phrases and I searched a song title with those words and I was right there is a song that has the title uh, cold in hand blues cold in hand is one of the lyric in the song that means um, uh, no feelings or like just feelings that are not there anymore or like um, cooled off feelings and the other phrase that is also in the song it's um it's called kid man or like somebody is called kid man and um it means a lover of course not a husband but somebody who this woman sleeps with um and so it's interesting how when georgia white rewrote the lyrics she used these phrases that were of course popular back then i think but now it was very very hard to understand what is she actually saying so Yes, a lot of lyrics, they were changed and adapted to be sung by a woman, but it is not very clear if she's singing about a woman or about a man. And this is what is beautiful and very interesting about Georgia White. She is giving us this um, non-binary um, uh, non-binary text, non-binary lyric, and you can think... Maybe she is thinking, singing about a woman, she's singing a love song to a woman, or maybe she's singing a love song to a man. And I like that, uh, that place to be between. And, um, and that's why I enjoyed singing that song and gave me, gave me a lot of power. Um, yes, and there are a couple of things that I could um, say about the political context a little bit, but maybe we talk about that later after we listen to the song. Oh, well, happy listening, everyone. Thank you. A one, two.
was the experience for you, Nina and Andrea, playing this song? Just one word. Uh, how did it? How did it make you feel? It made me feel punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's punchy. Yeah, I, I definitely. We of course didn't record just one time. We record several times, and like the longer we played, the more in the groove we got. Yeah. I don't know how much it reflects for you over there uh, listening to our podcast, but we had a lot of fun playing the song. And so the more I sang about uh, the story that she's telling, the more I was listening to what I was saying and the, pow the more powerful I felt. And then I all of a sudden realized what I am actually singing. I'm singing, I'm going to pull off all my clothes, <laughs> put on my nightgown. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling down my spine. Baby, let, it, let me lay it on down. And like... I'm saying these things now in the context we watch we were watching um for example this TV series that came out last year it's called P Valley I think maybe Andrea has a couple of words uh, maybe in another context about that later but what I wanted to say is like I'm realizing how blues was then what um what African American hip hop culture is for us now and how um how um how we, I can't even find the word very quickly, how non-mainstream, how, um, how um, bored, like, I don't, I can't do this right now, sorry. I think, maybe, can I, yeah. have, at least what I think of, I don't know that much about how the blues was back then, I know that what you're talking about the hip hop and not only hip hop but but rap and trap and as well all these um um the, the twerking and the the strip club uh dancing pole dancing and all this stuff it is mainstream but it's at the same time not like it's like super it's extremely popular but extremely looked down upon at the same time I think that's uh, because you were. I think you were about to say that it's not mainstream, and I I know what you what you mean, but I, I think it is mainstream, right. and this is the contradiction right. that right, it's right. so unfair so many times in 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 the in the in the in the point of view of the powerful. Exactly. So I just wanted to point everybody's attention. What are we singing here? What lyrics are we singing? That is, it is written in early 30s. There were lots of these songs and Georgia White is known for singing these kind of songs. And I think Nina also um, maybe knows more about those songs, but, but there are songs like, if you can, if you don't sell it, keep sitting on it. I, if I'm, correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong. It is very, very sexual. It is very sensual. These lyrics are talking about very adult uh, stuff mainly you know relationship and sex and whatnot so um, if you have a, have a chance listen to some Georgia White especially the earlier albums and uh, I said albums but of course recordings um, yeah and uh, and, and give it a listen um, with those ears um, to catch the actual meanings of those songs and um and now we're going to transition to the last song that uh, Nina chose and will sing for us. It's um, called I'm Doing What My Heart Says Do. 
Uh, it's one of my favorite songs, and uh, I hope you enjoy. that was our version of I'm doing what my heart says do and there's so so many songs of Georgia White I do want to sing in the future and I have sang also but um, 
I chose this one because I like it very much and because it's a love song and love is something very beautiful, of course. And so for me, as being a love song, the lyrics are very special because it says, I'm doing what my heart says to. Um, it talks about the feeling of love. It doesn't talk about how beautiful your eyes are if I look into them, how the violins that play when I look at you and the sweetheart uh, stuff. It's just simply, okay, you don't need to show off. You don't need to, to show me how cool you are. I don't need all these things because these things are not the reason why I like you. It's just something that happened to me when you are around. Um, that's the lyrics for me, pretty simple. And um, simple, but simple, pure. And um, also, I like the song. Uh, when, when we rehearsed it, we talked about it, that actually it is a love song, but for me the harmony progression is not really typical for, for, uh, for a love song. For me, it, the melody also, it's a little bit melancholic, but also it fits to me because it fits to the lyrics that you are stuck in the situation <laughs> but it still turns out to be nice and light right. it's not heavy but it's still there's still a little bit of melancholy in it i feel also when i sing it um it's also to be more effortless in love maybe that's yeah. why, why i like it as i said um, nina's choice is one of my favorite songs of um that uh, georgia white is singing but uh, I think it's uh, very important also to come back to the topic uh, of um, how, how we feel in this culture and how do we learn what is our place. And, uh, and I know Andrea has something, something to tell from her um, perspective uh, related to Spain, where she comes from. Yeah, so I've been involved in, in jazz seeing an early um, scene like dancing and and music for not a long time so and it's uh, happened together with uh, with COVID and and the reckoning that happened in the scene for all of this and I, w I would like to share one of my my part so how I um my 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 emotional and moral um, path, I guess that I that I, I ended up uh, walking, and it's that what I realized is that a lot of the the talking about racism or belonging to this culture or not, um, for me it was a bit. Uh, external I didn't feel like I I, I was doing that necessarily because mm -hmm. impartially because it was everything so new to me that I didn't feel like I had been uh, robbing this culture but luckily I didn't stop thinking that mm -hmm. <laughs> and I started to see how am I actually uh, being racist and I found a lot and uh, like the biggest I grew up well I come from Spain I grew up from Spain in Spain all my whole family uh, is Spanish and I realized 
I could draw parallels one-to-one -one everything that was being said in the Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter movement to how white Spanish people see and treat um, um, Roma and Sinti people and Latin, uh, Latin American people as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and this, and I could see like there's, like it's the same, right? And it's a very similar discourse that I could, I could see because when I grew up, I was convinced that reggaeton was too sexual, and only uneducated people would dance to this or do this music. Like this was something set like a stone. It's not. It, I, there's no even space, like I didn't know anybody who would have another opinion than this. It was just what it was said in my circles, mm -hmm. my family and the media I was watching, everything. And I had to, I had to be much later. Once, well, the first time I remember my sister uh, did, uh, and was an exchange student in Uruguay and she came back loving the music. And I was very confused, like, how can you like cumbia? Like, for me, cumbia was like this dirty, sexy, too sexy, and for dumb people. And then when she came back, super, super, like, enjoying this music so much, for the first time, I asked myself, what, yeah. what, what am I feeling? What are these stupid thoughts I'm having? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I, I, had, I had this these thoughts before, even before anybody called me out for it, so I could I could process it in my own a little bit. But this, mm. with Black Lives Matter, just flourished again in my head. Like, yeah, I know I'm racist. I know I have these prejudices. And I and so I don't want to to say I I might not have this the same deep experiences and thoughts about black American music. But it's it's not I like I don't separate it that much, right? So what yeah. I've learned, I've been trying, I've been actively learning about the music and the and the and the cultural background of Black American music, and funnily enough, I think like what I've learned is that in the twenties and the thirties, uh, jazz was viewed uh, in the same way as I'm describing now reggaeton or cumbia, right? Like, like it, it's almost word by word. Like, it's too sexual. What does it mean that it's too sexual? Mm. You know, it's just music. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, it's not, you know, and and uneducated, of course. It's the same. Like, it, and you can see it's 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 a script for racism. It's not nothing with the truth. It's just about yeah. power and asserting power over over people just because you can, and. So that was very that's that's been my um my path and recognizing I think it has a lot to do with the Judeo Christian point of view, which is a very dominant uh and very powerful in, in our world. It was back then and it still is of course. And um I see I see this reflecting I from Everything I listen to or I play, I try to see from this perspective as well, right? And any when when there's all of our songs have to do with love and with sex, and just 
not being afraid of saying sex and or seeing the sexual part of of these songs because there's nothing shameful about it and it's it sounds I, I'm saying it and it sounds stupid but I know so many people who who think like that that are friends of mine that something is is it's still too sexual and I feel like as well there's um, the tendency in in people especially if you're not native speaker to just ignore these parts because you can because you don't really understand the lyrics necessarily you don't pay attention to it so you choose to see vintage music as more classy quote-unquote fun yes mm. like it, because it's just vintage it's it's any it, it's kind of a weird way of revisiting uh, this kind of music i, I think and I, I again I'm, I'm really just learning and i'm very and, and not very long in this scene um but uh i get, yeah th those are the 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 lines i could draw from my own experience it's um it's really important that you share this i think a lot of us are thinking that especially people who have been in the scene a very long time like me most of my adult life i've been in the swing um culture and uh and uh, I am learning every day and I'm understanding how little did I know when I start dancing because I come from a swing dance uh, teaching Lindy Hop and, and other dances of the era. And yes, so thank you, Andrea, for putting your thoughts um, in this way so that more people can maybe uh, reflect a little bit what they are actually feeling and, and by embracing that thought, maybe learning more and... And, uh, and spreading the, the word and the ways of understanding and not being afraid of this culture. That maybe, this is just for me, I, I, I sense that sometimes when you're afraid of something that then you are pushing it away and not trying to understand it. So, or denying exactly. confrontation, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're inviting you to, through this music, to to learn and be a good uh, guest in this culture. Yeah. Yeah, also, I feel like I want to add that it's not... Um, I mean, it, it's, it goes a little bit in a different direction now. I don't want to... Yeah, it goes a little bit away from being a guest because um, what I feel is that the three of us, we are not guests as being a woman. And... Um, like if you talk about these songs that were too sexual or too wild or too much associated with the wildlife of the 20s and 30s, I think if you look at the history of, of the where the blues came from, it's also an education that I um, like to listen to because for me songs that Georgia White or other blues women like Ida Cox or anybody else sings um, this it's too sexy comment it's also because it's too sexy for women right. to be sexual at all and so I am enjoying these blues ladies or the, the jazz and blues ladies very much and a lot of the lyrics um, because they are spreading uh, the word to be independent, yeah. to, to have a sexual desire, to talk about your sexual desire, and um, 
not to be independent from any any kind of man, be it your lover or whoever. It could be anybody, I think. It could be your boss, maybe. The, the most of the women didn't have jobs back then. But, um, but this is also what I draw from this music if I look where it comes from. Why were these lyrics spoken? Because they were necessary back then. And I think they are necessary even today. No. This reminds it makes me think of one one of the things that I actually miss from the from what I understand the twenties were even later is that if you think of it like there how all the all these it's the queerness. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, like all these blues divas, right? They were bisexual or lesbian, and yeah. they were not really hiding it, and it was part of their stardom. Yeah. And I feel like it's been missing for so long. I think maybe for gay men, like there has been mainstream path for them lately, in the last ten years at least. But women somehow have been um, only cornered in the performative queerness, right? Where yeah. I I'm playful, mm. I'm young, I, I kiss the girl kind of thing. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not not like, not queer though. You know, mm. like this is something that has <laughs> been allowed. But like somebody who is openly lesbian or bisexual or queer in any ways, and it's part of the of the stardom. I think, like, I can think of a couple of examples. Actually, this might be just starting to change that there are some hip-hop stars that are actually openly lesbian and are having are having uh, a lot of success. But it, it's, it's so little yet, and I'm not sure it's going in this direction, but I really miss it so much from... Um, I don't know what I imagine it was mm. for, what, for what I've learned. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to um, share with everyone that we just spontaneously went to Lizzo concert with Andrea. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, it was amazing for so many reasons. But one of the reasons was that I actually thought about how how this is the blues of our times, and that it was a very therapeutic, very healing experience. Um, to so many people and it was accepted and it was appreciated and it was loved and uh, yeah it was good to see very good to see so my dearest Gera and Andrea I thank you very much that you uh, took the time to come over to my living room one more time <laughs> yeah thanks um, <laughs> and uh, I enjoy doing music with you anyways um, but I I love the journey we are taking also, with this uh, interview podcast we do right now, I think uh, I even discovered more how much I appreciate to have met you. And um, so thank you very much for sharing with, uh, your thoughts, your knowledge and your music with me. Thank you. Thanks, Nina. So before we close up, is there anything you would like to add? Give any recommendations or any last words? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I love to put some attention to the series Giedra mentioned before. Mm -hmm. 
I really, really recommend it. It's it's called Pea Valley, and it's um, it it just gives you a feminine perspective of what it is to be a strip club dancer and be a black American strip club dancer, and it's uh, I think it's not we don't get this kind of information is precious and um i really really recommend you watch the series it's beautiful beautifully shot and it's amazing it's eye candy um and this i want to i know this series because of one of my favorite youtubers and i strongly recommend you check her out like she um even more than the series. <laughs> um, her name is Khadija Bao, and it's spelled a bit difficult, but it's worth it. I'm just gonna spell it out. It's gonna be in the show notes. Yes, yes. Uh, it's K H A D I G A. That's one word, Khadija. And her, uh, her surname is M B O W E. Um, she does a lot of media commentary and analysis um, through a black American uh, queer and feminist perspective. It's everything she does is amazing. You'll find something um, that will interest you for sure. Yeah, that's cool, Andrea. I also follow um, follow Khadija, and I didn't know why, but because we hang out a lot, and it was recommended <laughs> to me, and I'm definitely digging it. Um, yes, and I would like to add something for myself. So the summer is going to be very exciting for the hot nuts, because we are going you, you, on you. yeah, we're going on <laughs> tour in July, July twenty twenty three. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but we're very exciting, uh, exciting and excited because we are heading to Fest Jazz, yeah, a festival yes. in Breton. Oui. Yes. And we're practicing our French. I uh, don't know how many French songs we're going to sing. Maybe one, maybe two. <laughs> no. Uh, but also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, The Hot Nuts Berlin. And um, I hope uh, we will see, um, we will see us, I said, just like a German uh, person. Um, I hope <laughs> to see you in our concerts. We play around Berlin and um, we are open for uh, bookings if you want to book us and we can play at your party. We play weddings, we play birthdays, we might even play funerals. Uh, we're happy to play for you. So the hot nuts are here and we're going to sing and dance with you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
and co-funded by the European Union. Thank you for listening. If you have any kind of feedback you want to share, be it a suggestion for another female musician to be represented here, something you feel that is missing, you want to discuss, whatever it is, feel free to reach out to me via email to nina at syncopation.de. And remember, every day is Women's Day. Yes, babes. Bye-bye and Tschüssikowski. <laughs>